0: all right mic check mic check one two (laughs) hello you guys guess who's back it's me duh it's me that's very leo and leo season of me so i apologize that i'm unhinged right now i'm just very in my moment if you will um, but today, I come back to you after, you know, a decade of separation with a fun subject, I would say. Honestly, I think the subject doesn't sound maybe as fun or as lit, if you will. Um, but I actually have, I think, a few nuggets of wisdom to offer here instead of just rambling out of my ass. So, you know, hopefully this will be enlightening for you guys. I have really... Truly missed podcasting as much as I love hearing the sound of my own voice. I also really love just feeling connected to the world in some way or another and talking about the things that have been on my mind. So, if you are currently listening and you plan to listen the rest of this episode as well, I truly appreciate you for being here. Thank you. You are a gem and you look very pretty right now. I don't know if you needed to hear that, but I always need to hear that. So, I just wanted to pass on the love to you as well. Um, I'm actually currently sitting in the staircase of my apartment building because I live in a very busy part of San Francisco, and sadly, there is simply no quiet space, um, unless it's, you know, inside the apartment in a corner, um, and, you know, right now my partner is studying for the LSAT, and so I can't really do that either. So, the staircase it is. Honestly, I kind of like being in this little corner. It's, you know, one of, those really old buildings with little fabric staircase built in and there's just really cute architectural details here as well um which you know just really gives the place a whole vibe I believe it was built literally 100 years ago it's like an Edwardian style building so here we are one of the few buildings in San Francisco that has not been renovated to be super modern which sometimes I prefer and sometimes I don't anyways how are you guys how has everyone been doing I hope you're well. Has anyone gotten COVID since we last spoke? I feel like that's, you know, <laughs> I was going to say that's like the big thing right now, except really it's just been the big thing for the last two years. Um, but I think right now, especially in the last couple of weeks, I've just been hearing like every single person I know is getting COVID um, or simply testing positive and just not even feeling like shit, but it's just been going around like crazy. Um Last week, I actually had like one night where out of nowhere, I started kind of feeling feverish and a little bit nauseous. And I definitely freaked the fuck out because I thought I have COVID and I, you know, thought it was going to like hit me sideways and just ruin my life for a week. But I woke up the next morning and I felt completely fine. And so I wasn't really sure if it was like food poisoning or just my period and like hot flashes from that. But thankfully, I did not suffer for too long. But I will say the one night that I was feeling feverish and nauseous, I did have the worst headache like ever. And it truly did me dirty. Like I was a little scared. And I was like, if this is COVID and this is what COVID feels like, holy shit. Like I genuinely was scared. So I hope nobody's gotten it so far. I mean, I know if you're vaxxed and boosted or at this point, even if you're not, I think a lot of people have built immunity to it, which is nice, but it's definitely a scary feeling. You definitely do feel a little bit like the world is ending, um, which I mean, you know, is not a new feeling for us. <laughs> Both, you know, just being in our twenties and I mean if you are, but for me at least, being in my twenties and living in this era has definitely been a roller coaster, if you will. Um, but anyways, yeah, I missed you guys. I hope you're well. I hope, you know, you're looking right and tight, and I hope that you're having a great time. I hope you've been having a great summer. I definitely needed to take some time off. There is just so much that has happened um, in this year of 2022 alone already for me. Lots of changes, lots of good and bad changes, I would say. Lots of work and goals and different things that are in progress at the same time. I sound kind of like a douchebag right now. I'm just thinking of like that person who's like, be the CEO of your life. Like I'm the CEO of my own business in my own life and it's like really just kind of a shit show. Um but I wanted to talk to you guys today about grad school. And I know it might not sound like the most fun subject, but to me it's really important because it's actually a very central part of my life, especially right now. Um and so yeah, I just wanted to kind of dive into the grad program that I'm in and what that's been like so far. Um, I'm about a year in now. I think I have about like a year or so. I have like a year and one semester left, if you will. Um, It's like a year and a half left of my program. And, you know, it's been really enlightening. I think in a lot of ways it has been very different than what I expected grad school to be like and what I thought I was going to be doing or what I thought my day-to-day was going to look like in grad school. And it's just been very different than that. Um, and I mean, I'll get into that some more too, but I don't know if it's because of like the nature of my program or the subject or just the scheduling that I chose. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think that my experience is just one and I think it'll apply a little bit more towards, you know, getting your master's or your PhDs in a subject versus going to law school or dental or med school. So just bear that in mind. But I think there are also some similarities that are kind of true across the board in general for higher education. Um, And I just thought it would be fun to talk about that and I wanted to talk to you guys about my experience and what's been going on this summer and what I've learned and if I feel like it's worth it and all that good stuff. So, without further ado, let us jump into our cheers. You know what time it is? I'm not changing anything about our cheers because it really keeps me going. Um, But grab whatever really tickles your fancy. If it's some wine, a glass of water... Maybe you haven't hydrated enough today, so maybe go grab a glass of water. Glass of grab of water. Great. That's typical of me. Um, I don't know. A Coca-Cola. An iced cold joint, (laughs) if you will. Um, Whatever really floats your boat. I currently have picked up a new drink that I've never had, but I just saw it in the store and it sounded really good. I was actually looking for some sparkling water, but then I found... This San Pellegrino Italian sparkling drink. It's like a can, but it looks like a longer can than a typical sparkling water can. Um, and the flavor is Melograno and Arancia, which on the picture on the front of it is pomegranate and orange. So I think that that'll be delish. I still have not opened the can yet. And as I think you can hear my struggle right now a little bit, um, I have really long nails. They're fake. i was gonna say like me but i feel like i'm not really fake but anyways um they're long and i struggle to actually function with them naturally as you would imagine so we're struggling a little bit stay tuned um i'm trying to you know get a nice crisp audio of me opening this fucking can and it's clearly not working so give me like one second and i will come back to you guys (laughs) With this. Oh my god. Okay. She's got it. It did take me a second here, but... Right here. Ow! I literally... I think I'm about to break a nail. If I can do this, you know, successfully. I think I deserve a medal. But, um... Yeah. Let me know what you guys grabbed in the comments. I actually am always very curious when I do this. Because I'm like, what are people cheersing with? Like, what is your... Cheers item of choice, because I think for a while, I mean if you guys have been listening to this for a while. Um there we go. I think we're getting somewhere with this can. Guys. There we go. I don't know why that was so difficult. But um if you guys have been listening for a while, I think I started off this podcast by cheersing with blunts and joints all the time. And, you know, that era of my life has definitely slowed down a little bit, if you know what I mean. Um you know, I still appreciate (laughs) cannabis and all of its magic but just been slowing it down a little bit you know on this fine Wednesday early evening um it's about like 6 30 right now for me recording this and so you know just wanted to have something a little bit more wholesome if you will so grab whatever you grabbed and thank you for being here I appreciate you listening to this podcast especially with me being so back and forth with it um But no matter where you are, whether you're in your car or, you know, also sitting in your staircase like I am or cleaning or doing whatever, I hope that you're in a good place right now. You know, and if you're not, I really hope that things turn around for you. If you need to hear this, I'm proud of you and I hope you keep going. I think that you're doing amazing and, you know, you are working really hard and you're trying really hard and we all are and it's okay. So just take a second to cheers to yourself. So I normally say, you know, cheers to us and cheers to me for recording this and cheers to you guys for listening to this. But, you know, no matter the reason, just say cheers to me. So cheers to me. Cheers to you. Oh, wow. That's actually really good. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know why I was not expecting that to be as good as it is. I think there's definitely some kind of juice in here because, yeah, <laughs> okay, there's definitely a lot of juice in here. That makes sense. Um. Okay, well, without further ado, let's jump into the topic of grad school. i want going to talk about kind of some truths that I have unearthed just from my experience in the last year and from my application process to how I feel about it now, a year in, if I feel like it's actually worth it, all of that stuff. So jumping right into it, um, the first thing I want to talk about is kind of deciding to go to grad school. I just want to start this episode off by being very clear and saying that grad school and just education in general is not for everybody. You don't need to go to college to be successful. As much as I have always really liked the idea of school, I enjoy being in school, Um, I think that it gives me a lot of structure that otherwise I can't give myself. I'm not a person who, you know, self-discipline comes to very naturally or very easily. And so I normally need something to give me a little bit of structure. And when I first graduated college, I was kind of all over the place until I found a job. Um, And then over COVID, when I quit my job, which was my first job out of college um, that I was at for about a year or so, it was really hard for me to just actually get shit done. And I mean, I know that a big part of that is just the pandemic itself, like everything being closed, everything being put on hold. So you also feel like your life is being put on hold. And, you know, I know for a lot of people that really like, was just a huge kind of like earthquake in the middle of your 20s, because the difference that it makes in, you know, your whole life is really just so jarring that it kind of is a huge interruption, right? And I just want to say that, you know growing up i always thought that like i wanted to grow up and go to college and whatever and then be a lawyer but i didn't really think about what that entailed or the schooling or all of that um so not to go too far into the past but i kind of wanted to also open up this episode by talking about how i decided to go to grad school and this program and all of that so i studied english in undergrad and i finished that in 2019 i Planned to go into tech sales as a career when I graduated college only because, you know, my dreams of being a lawyer, actually like two years before I finished college, suddenly changed, and I suddenly felt like that idea didn't seem very interesting to me. It was my sophomore year of college. I remember I was kind of a little bit scared. I was like, this isn't really interesting to me anymore. Whereas my whole life, I was like, I'm gonna grow up and be a lawyer, I'm gonna be a lawyer, I'm gonna be a lawyer. Um, and I I had told myself that since I was like six years old. So it was definitely something that I, you know, had always stuck to. My sister and I, you know, we were both kind of raised definitely with a culture that really emphasized and encouraged going to school and continuing education and all of that. She's definitely very good at retaining like math and science information. And she's really, really smart in that way. And I definitely did not always feel very smart, especially not book smart. Um, And I always felt like, my sort of like talent or strengths really lied in people and social work and just how I speak and communication and all of that stuff and so a big part of me was like okay well I love to read and write like I've studied English or I'm gonna go into the English major so I'll just do law like it all is falling into place and then I forget what exactly happened or at what point I decided that I didn't want to go to law school anymore I don't even really think that anything specific happened I just think that it stopped sounding interesting and that kind of freaked me out because it was something that i was always so sure about um and so my junior year of college like the summer before my senior year my last year of college i took a internship in sales and it was sales enablement specifically so i worked at a tech company um over the summer and basically created like the sales training material for new people who get hired to sell stuff right like the tech sales team my job was creating you know whether it was like cheat sheets or online courses or recordings of like great sales pitches and all of that stuff and that was kind of what I did um, for that summer but it also gave me a really great exposure to the team itself right and what is important to them what they work on why they train in those things and what their day-to-day looks like Um, And that really kind of stuck with me going into my final year of college. And I was like, okay, I think I could do this. I could definitely do sales. And it also wasn't my first time hearing, you know, just from people that we knew, like family, friends, and all of that, um, that like, hey, you'd be really good in sales. Or I, you know, had also been told like you'd be really good in real estate and just things like that. Like that's generally been um, my strong suit, if you will. And so... You know, and having a career, like, as a writer or anything like that was never really part of the question, which is really interesting. Like, it it wasn't really something that I had considered. Um, I always knew that I wanted to write, but I figured, you know, I'll be a writer in some other capacity. Like, I'll do it for fun or I'll just write books for myself and maybe one day something I write will hit the bestsellers list. But that was about it. It wasn't really something that I planned on pursuing. So I think tech sales just ended up working out, you know, pretty well, and so I did that until March of 2020 when COVID hit, as you guys know, and, you know, it was just kind of a huge interruption, um, but, you know, I'm really thankful because I actually didn't lose my job or anything like that, and I stayed on, um, and then until July-ish, I was there at that company, and I just kind of wasn't really having a good time, I think the company wasn't really a good fit, the culture, sales culture can be a little bit bro it was just kind of wasn't really working out anymore. And I honestly was not having a good time at all. And I, it got to the point where I, you know, really started kind of doubting, like, is this really what I want to be doing? Am I only doing it for the money? Like, yeah, it's, you know, it's lucrative, but is this what I want to be doing, et cetera. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the whole idea of studying for the LSAT and going to law school. Like, why did I ever give that up? And so I started studying for the LSAT Um, and this is, you know, COVID's hit and I'm like, what a better time, like what better time would there be for me to just sit down and study? Um, and so I did that and, you know, I studied for the LSAT for about a month, month and a half. And then the whole time I was really just thinking like, this doesn't feel right either. I actually hate this. I'm not having a good time at all. And it really was to the point where I was like, I have zero interest in this. So why would I force myself to also spend, you know, six figures on law school, including three years of just time and energy and like devotion. And I, I know a lot of people who are, you know, lawyers or have gone to law school. And so I knew the amount of time just and physical, mental, emotional energy that it takes out of you. And I just really could not convince myself that it was going to be worth it. You know, I couldn't lie to myself and say, no, you need to do this because it's, you know, it's actually fun or you're actually going to like it. It just wasn't something that was really clicking. And I just, couldn't get past the gut feeling that I had. So, um, I spent like a thousand dollars on an LSAT course and all of that. And after like a month and a half, I was like, no, I can't do this. Like it's, it's truly just not going to be worth it. Um, and I'm going to be miserable and I don't want to actually go to law school and then drop out of law school halfway through because that's when I get to my breaking point. So (laughs) I, you know, was pretty confused, but I just, I was like, okay, I'm done with that. And at this point, it's like, you know, August, September-ish. I think about September. And I am just really confused. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't have a job. I'm not in school. Like, the idea of going back to tech sales kind of sounded like a nightmare as well. You know, I was still kind of getting used to the whole idea of, like, working remotely and how that all works. And so I was just kind of talking to... Um one of my friends who I actually spent most of COVID like hanging out with pretty much most of the pandemic we were seeing each other every day and just you know spending time in like a park and we would read and journal and like talk and just really kind of shoot the shit and kill time together and she actually told me that I think it was her cousin or somebody that um she told me that they are doing something called an MFA in writing and that she was looking into that program and she thought it would be really interesting And I was like, what is that? I didn't realize that you could actually get a degree in writing specifically Um, because my knowledge up to that point had been like, you either get your master's in writing or you get your PhD, Um, not even in writing specifically, sorry. I thought that you just study English, like you would just continue your, you know, education in English literature. And that is sort of, you know, the only path really that you can take to like becoming a professor or working in academia, you know, in the English I guess, you know, category and all of that. And she was like, no, my cousin, um, is actually getting an MFA in writing specifically. It's creative writing. And, you know, she seems to be really enjoying it and I'm really intrigued and all of that. And so she tells me that. And so I started looking into the program because she was like, you know, it'd be really fun if we could like apply together. What if we went together and like went back to school together? Um, this friend actually was also my roommate in college. (laughs) Shout out to Aubrey. Um, And so I was like, okay, that sounds good. Like, that sounds like a good idea. And so that's when I kind of started looking into different um, masters and MFA programs that were in writing specifically. And I actually realized that there were quite a few um, in California, especially in the Bay Area, that really intrigued me. So I think a few of the ones that I looked at were um, UC Irvine's program, San Francisco State, um, USF, which is University of San Francisco. Um, I believe I also looked at a few programs on the East Coast. I think I was looking at NYU and Boston as well. Um, and then I kind of decided that I didn't really want to go that far. I believe I also ended up applying to Portland State and Washington, University of Washington as well. So all in all, I kind of gave myself a broad range. But as I looked more into it, I realized that this program could actually you know, work out pretty well for me. And something that was really interesting about all of this was the fact that all of these programs tended to have a slightly different, I think, approach just overall to the curriculum. So, you know, while all of the programs pretty much had like a workshop and a lecture course, the scheduling of when it was going to happen, like if it was on the weekdays, if it was during business hours or afterwards, or if it was just a weekend program, et cetera, et cetera, those were kind of the details that ended up being really different and kind of ended up, I think, being defining factors between the programs Um, as I was looking into, you know, which ones to apply to and all of that. But I decided that the MFA in writing would be a great course for me to take because one, it actually sparked my interest um, in terms of just writing and learning more about something that I'm passionate about. And two, again, you know, kind of back to how I felt about the LSAT I was like we're in a pandemic at that point I was like you I don't even know how long we're going to be in this at that point people were saying you know things are going to be shut down for three years right three four years five years like we don't know how long and so I was kind of like when else am I going to spend two three years just studying poetry or studying writings just doing something that's just for me and really enjoying it and then just dealing kind of with the real world afterwards and I think at that point also there was definitely an influence of like the emotions that I you know gone through just through COVID and not knowing what to do and just the world kind of being on hold it was sort of like knowing that there was something I could be sure about because I knew that I was passionate about it so that's what essentially I think where I jumped from you know being like okay I can like that sounds good to just like oh fuck, I need to actually get this done and I need to figure out my applications. So big thing about grad school that I think was different was finding letters of recommendation for my application. All of that, you know, it was definitely time consuming. It was kind of stressful, but it was fine. And I wanted to do it. You know, I wanted to apply for the upcoming year. And so I kind of got all of that done. Lo and behold, you know, I get into USF and that's what I chose and I start there. And now jumping to the actual kind of point of, you know, this podcast episode, um, I just want to say like a few things that I think people should know if they're planning on going to grad school. One, and not to be dissuading or discouraging at all, but it does cost far more money than undergrad and it definitely costs more than expected. And so I think If you're somebody who has this idea in mind of like, there's absolutely no way that I'm going to take out student loans or, you know, kind of have that kind of mindset, I think that you might make the process a lot more stressful for yourself than you need to. Um, I was somebody who always knew that I wanted to go to grad school for a very brief period of time. I also considered getting an MBA, and I still am like, maybe after this, I'll go get an MBA. Like, I don't think I'll ever be done with school, but that's just me. Um, But I think feeling like, you know, I think financially it's definitely subjective, right? Like every person has a different idea of how they feel about their finances and the risks that they want to take. This is just my personal experience. But I think allowing myself to take out student loans to pay for my tuition has really allowed me to actually care about the program without, you know, feeling resentful towards it or constantly, you know, worrying about, Like my full time job, and if I'm going to be making enough to also pay for my classes at the same time while paying rent. And, you know, to be completely honest, I don't think a lot of people are able to do that simply because if you were going to pay for your own classes in grad school, you're pretty much just going to be spending every penny you make, quite literally. And I personally think that it is worth it to take out the loans and to um, allow yourself to pay them off after you finish school. Um, And I mean, that's just my personal opinion, right? Everybody handles their finances differently. Secondly, I think it's really important to realize how rewarding it is, at least when you're getting a master's or a PhD or you're studying a specific subject, how rewarding it has been um, to really be actually immersed in a subject that you really care about, right? Like I am getting my MFA, my master's of fine arts in writing, and my focus specifically is in poetry. Now, I've always been interested in poetry. When I was in college, I published my first book. I always planned on continuing to write. And it was always a personal thing that I enjoyed. Um, and it kind of went hand in hand with my undergrad. And so it all just made sense. But you don't spend as much specific one-on-one time with a subject that you give a shit about until, I think, grad school, where you are really able to hone in on one specific Topic or you know a series of courses that you get to choose and that really kind of fit your interests and really is just way more tailored to you personally. I think that grad school in general is just way more tailored of an educational program, which I kind of find unfortunate and a little bit frustrating because in undergrad, you definitely spend you know the first year or so or a couple of years depending on what school you go to, but you 're taking like general ed classes in that can be pretty frustrating considering the fact that your time is limited but in undergrad I studied English and you know I definitely don't regret that experience at all I had a really really great time but it's just very different in grad school thus far when I first started writing my first semester you know which was a couple semesters ago now like two terms ago um, I took my very first ever writing workshop and it not only was a one-time workshop but it's a weekly like course like we went to class and it was my first time sitting in a room full of other poets of different you know talent levels different backgrounds different walks of life people sitting in a room together and just truly doing peer review of each other's poems and giving genuine feedback and that being my whole class and so I think in that sense it does feel very worth it to me because the amount of progress and the amount of actual value that I've gotten out of this program thus far has been worth it to me because it is so specific and tailored to my needs to my skill set and to my own strength and weaknesses and I definitely can see the progress in my own writing so specifically for my program um, you know I have been able to see the way that my writing improves over a semester given the you know 10 other opinions that I'm getting every week in workshop on anything that I've written or being able to read other people's poems every week and giving them feedback and hearing what other people say about other poems and what to look for it's like I kind of went into it you know reading from a very traditional old school mindset of like old English and you know American literature and old poets like Sylvia Plath or Walt Whitman or you know kind of these super old writers that aren't really realistic I think for today's day and age but really only what you learn when you study just the overall English major I think it's definitely much less of a canonical approach to literature when you're in grad school and I would have not been exposed to all of these modern poets and modern writers if it hadn't been for this program I didn't even know where to start I truly did not know where to find these authors I didn't know where to submit work to get published. Um, I didn't know about different literary journals that you could go to. I didn't know about fellowships. I didn't know about the different routes of publishing. It it genuinely not only has, I think, given me a lot of value and information in terms of just educationally, but also career-wise. And I think that's a huge part of grad school is that you not only are learning more information and you're studying for sure, it's definitely school, but it's almost like getting a career certification in a way. Um, Obviously, again, I think this depends on what you're studying and, you know, what you're doing and, you know, your time in school. But for me specifically, even just studying a subject, I think mine is as close to school that, you know, you can get versus like going to law school or dental or med school, which is very specific career oriented. Um, But I think that the amount of Functional value, really, I think is the word that I'm looking for. The amount of functional value that I have found, at least in my program, has really been significant. And I think that that's really important because it was very encouraging to feel that way when I first started. You know, you kind of go into a grad program and you're like, I hope this is worth it. Like, I hope I'm going to give a shit about this. You don't really know what you're going into. But the truth about grad school also is that you really get what you put into it, you know? And I think. So my schedule weekly is that I have one workshop course and I have one seminar course. Seminar is basically like lecture. Um, so I get to pick the seminar course that I want and I get to pick the workshop that I want. And workshop is just that every week I, you know, write a poem and submit it and it either goes in for peer review or I just get specific feedback from my like workshop professor for it and seminar is basically a weekly I guess you could call it like a normal, right? Like a normal class where we have, you know, assigned readings and then we go in and the professor is actually speaking most of the time and there's a lecture and you take notes and you have projects and all of that. And workshop, I would say for the most part, it's very student run and it's very sort of discussion-like, which I personally am really into and I'm really interested in that type of structure and it really helps me learn a lot more. Um... So yeah, I think that that's the second thing to be aware of is that it is going to be way more specific and functional. And it also, I guess going into the third point here, will really force you to take a look at the subject itself and how much you care about it and how much you're interested. Um, I had always written poetry just for fun, and I thought that going into this MFA program, it would just be a lot more of me writing poetry and just getting better at like writing poetry. Like I was like, I'm just going to be a really great poet and I'm going to be a really great writer. But I think because of the program itself, I now have to actually do the work that it takes to get to the point of being a really great writer. And I actually have to turn in and do enough writing and do enough submission work, right? That'll actually change the way that I write. And that also includes going to workshop and getting feedback that i mean sometimes i think it depends on how you look at it but sometimes not everybody enjoys receiving that feedback right in workshop or you go in and you thought you wrote something really well and then your peers are like actually i think you could change this line or actually i think you should remove this or this doesn't really make sense (laughs) and especially um i think at the beginning it's definitely a rude awakening in that sense especially if you're going to grad school for a creative uh subject but in the same way it's truly a gift i think it's definitely an actual blessing to have that honest feedback because I used to think, you know, when I first started, I was like, oh, this is a really great poem. And now I might look at that same poem with so much more knowledge and so much more of a critical view of poetry. And I can really look at my old poems and be like, wow, yeah, this is missing this and this and this. Um, And I think it's, it's truly like, it's priceless, the feedback that you can get from your own peers who are also writers because everybody has such a different style. And a different process, and not only do they give you feedback specifically on your work, but you also get to meet people and be around people who are specifically interested in what you're interested in as well um, I think in the program itself right like the overall cohort of writers, not everybody is a poet I've also made friends with a couple of fiction writers and a couple of people who do nonfiction or you know you can take a seminar course or even a workshop course that is out of your um, specification my apologies for this disgusting background noise but I mean I think like sitting down with some of my friends who are fiction writers and listening to what they go through in their workshops or what they came in focusing on or the advice that they get in the peer review that they get that's also really enlightening because you just I think go into a community of people who are overall interested in what you're interested in as well and you get to not only talk about the educational specifics, right? Like, oh, we have this due for class or I can't write this specific thing or my poems, let's say, lack rhythm or whatever, right? Like my mine specifically, I kind of struggle with writing longer poems. um, And I've gotten a lot of really genuinely useful advice on that. But I've also seen other writers just, you know, in workshop, you end up having a lot more deep discussion sometimes about specifics. And again, I think... I am making this episode and titling it The Truth About Grad School. And so, obviously, a lot of these points are general to grad school, but a lot of them are also specific to not only just my subject in writing, but also just creative fields um, and going to grad school for that. And so, I do think that that also makes a difference. But I just think it's important to clarify these things. I think, especially if you're going to go to grad school for a creative purpose or in a creative route like writing or art, or you're really going to get any sort of MFA at least, Um, it's really important to know that you not only get value out of your professors and those resources and those connections that you have, but I think more than anything, truly, at least for me personally, the value really comes in your peers and in the amount of practice that you are now forced to do. Again, because I am not somebody who is really good at forcing myself to practice my writing like that, but now that I'm in this program, I know I have to write a certain amount per week. And whether it's absolute shit or I think it's amazing, I have to turn it in. And regardless, I'm going to get feedback. There have been pieces that I've created that I've thought were absolutely trash. And I've gotten pretty constructive feedback. Like, you know, yeah, you could work on this and this, but I think you have a really good foundation for this type of poem. Or I actually think that this line is really useful and you could, you know, implement it in a poem, I don't know, about like a different subject that I read about, whatever, right? So, um, I think <laughs> that is just overall more of like the emotional and like heart value of it Um, that I really wanted to make sure to include in this episode because I think a lot of people think of grad school as just like it's just like ugh, like it's just extra school like it's just extra work it's just so much more to do and I'm not saying that that's not true but I'm also saying that for me personally at least it's been worth it and I think it's it is worth a shot. If you really give a shit about the subject and if you actually, you know, if you either if you give a shit about the subject or if you really give a shit about the career path and you need that degree to get into it, then I would say that it is worth it. And I do think that it's worth it to push through because of how much more personal, personally progressing and personal development there is in grad school. Um, I guess fourth point that I wanted to make is that your schedule is very different than undergrad. And I think, at least for me, it has both been a combination of my class schedule in general and how the program is scheduled in general, but also the fact that my life is now very different than when I was an undergrad. So overall, I think this is a subject that I'm also really passionate about, just how different your life is after undergrad. Um, I think, you know, for at least the purposes of this episode, it makes sense to be talking about the fact that you're going to be at least in your mid-20s by the time that you go into grad school or you're close to that because, you know, even if you did everything like on the stereotypical schedule of going to college and then going to grad school right after, you're still going to be 23, 24 when you go to grad school. Um, I think the difference honestly really here is that in terms of schedule, right, when I was an undergrad, I didn't have a full-time job and I understand that that's not the case for everybody and that that is coming from a place of privilege so I do want to acknowledge that just straight up going into this but in general I think especially because I took some time off between undergrad and grad school albeit you know it was just a year or a year and a half I think um, the difference that that time makes and the fact that even within grad school itself my life and my just position and thought process on who I am and my just overall life has changed so much. I think that that really does contribute to the difference um, in your experience in grad school. For example, I know a lot of people who are in law school or med school and dental, and it's actually, they think that they have, or they truly feel that they have no time really for anything else, right? Other than their schoolwork and their studying and if they have a chance, you know, here or there, they might go grab a drink with friends or, you know, do other things. But for the most part, you know, having your actual personal life is not really a common thing when you are in law school or med school especially, right? For me, um, I think now it's very different because I'm in grad school and I still have the pressures of grad school. I still have the same, you know, work due. I still have a lot of reading to do. I think we're literally assigned at least 1,000 pages of reading a week. Um, other than, you know, our own writing. But on top of that, I also went back into tech sales this year. So I did one semester of just working part-time on campus. And that was my first semester of grad school. And I was like, this is a pretty good way to gauge how much time and how much room and just capacity mentally, and emotionally I have to be going to school full-time and also working full-time. Now, San Francisco is fucking expensive. California in general is very expensive, right? And so that definitely contributed to my decision and to go back to tech sales. Um, but also in general, I found myself having, you know, I found myself having the capacity to do both. And I'm somebody who likes to push myself. I like being busy. It's normally sort of the setting in which my mental health is at its best. And I felt like I just had a few extra hours here in the day where I just ended up spending too much time thinking too much time kind of feeling distracted and not very on track. Um, And so I decided, you know, I needed more, even more structure. And I went back and started full-time work again in tech sales. Now tech sales is definitely not a typical 40 hour per week type of job. It's more like 50 to 60 hours at least just with the amount of effort and work that you end up putting in. And on top of that, you know, I now live with a partner and I have my own apartment and actually, surprise, we got a dog (laughs) the past month. And so all of these factors combined, right? These are all very typical things that start coming into your life as you become independent. And a lot of times that independence comes after college or within your 20s, right? At some point, that's when you decide, okay, okay. I'm going to move out or I want to at least move in with roommates or I'm just going to move out of my parents' house and kind of start my own life and do my own thing. But I didn't realize, I mean, obviously, like, this is kind of logically, it makes sense to think of it this way, right? But I didn't realize sort of in the reality of it until I was actually in it that it takes a lot of work to balance all of these different factors. The fact that I have to, you know, walk the dog like once or twice a day and, on top of that right like I go to school full-time and I need to make sure that I'm on time for my classes if I want to work out I need to schedule that in somehow and honestly even before the dog a lot of days I wasn't really having the time to go to the gym the way that I wanted to or I wasn't really um, managing my time at least correctly or having the self-discipline to manage my time correctly and really fit everything in so it definitely makes you a lot more strict with yourself and with your time and I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing it was definitely a challenge there was definitely a period of time where I was like oh my god like I can't go to the gym or I was gaining weight that was a huge thing I felt kind of insecure about that I just wasn't really in a good place and I felt like all I was doing was you know just working and going to school and just back and forth between the two right and not really even having a second to breathe sometimes even skipping my readings because at that point I just didn't even have the energy to continue, right? And so these are the realities of grad school too, is that a lot of times actually grad programs, um, you know, other than the career-specific schools that I've mentioned like 20 times at this point in this episode, I think a lot of grad programs actually end up being catered to a full-time work schedule. So, and that's something else that I definitely wanted to mention here, um, and then we can wrap up this episode, but something that at least in my case, has rang true is that I have the actual hours in the day to be working a full time job. But it's definitely everything is very crunched. And my weekends, you guys are so much more valuable to me. I feel like, you know, I feel like now I can relate to like my parents who would work full time and like their weekends were so precious when I was like growing up. Um, Because my program specifically is, you know, classes are a couple times a week and they are in person, they are on campus. And they're in the evenings. So I actually have class from like 6:30 to 9:30 p.m. twice a week. And each course is 3 hours. And so it is a lot of work to go to class, you know, if you've had a bad day at work or something else is going on in your life or you haven't finished that work project yet or whatever, or let's say you have done all of your work, and you get off at like 5, 5.30, or at least in my case with sales, right, a lot of times you go beyond 5 p.m., and then all of a sudden you're like in class, and now you have to be ready to discuss the readings that were assigned, and you have to be ready to discuss your poem, and in the midst of your weekday, um, if you haven't done it over the weekend, you have to make sure that you've turned in your poem that's going to be discussed, and you know, kind of hoping, and at least ideally, it's not a complete shit poem so that you actually have something to work off of, right? There have been weeks where I just really didn't have the time or, like, the energy, to be honest, sometimes, right? Like, we're all just, like, I, I just don't care. Like, I don't give a shit right now. And I've just turned in some half ass poem. And that week in workshop, I genuinely feel like I'm just sitting there, like, how much money did I just waste, you know? I mean, <laughs> maybe that's not the best way to think about it. Um, But even just time, right? Like I'm like, this is a waste because I'm getting feedback on this poem that I'm not proud of or I submitted something that I'm not proud of that's not really a show of my actual strength or my actual writing talent. And I'm sitting here like knowing that I only did that because I just wasn't able to manage my time enough or whatever. But I mean, it also happens. We all have weeks like that. But I think a big part of being in grad school is also teaching me to just manage myself and sort of truly whipping myself into shape, um, in every other aspect of my life as well. Like being in grad school and working full time is not for everybody. A lot of times that pressure, that stress can definitely be very overwhelming. And I'm, I'm never going to tell anybody else, you know, what to do with their lives. But I think for me, as somebody who has found it difficult to discipline myself and to really keep myself on a tight schedule, Um, Being in grad school and working at the same time has really forced me to use the free hours that I have in the middle of the day to actually effectively get something done that is going to reward future me, you know, that future me is going to be thankful for. So, you know, I think in the midst of this, it is good to also acknowledge, like, my apartment is not always clean now. Before I started working full time, it was always clean. I was doing my weekly deep cleans. Uh, the groceries were always stocked, I was cooking every meal, the kitchen was always clean, the dishes were always done, and honestly, right now, that's just not the case, it's not always possible, I do my best, but there are times where I felt super frustrated, because I'm like, nothing is working, right, like, the, you know, the apartment is dirty, like, I've had five meetings today, and I'm still catching up with things at work, right, if I have a busy week at work, and I don't get my shit done, or it's just taking longer than expected, And then on top of that, I have class and now I need to submit poems, right? All of that definitely can be a lot. And so I also don't want to be talking about this and like having this episode be coming from a place of like, look at me, I am doing all of it and it's just so fun and easy and I'm just great. Like literally, no, (laughs) that is not the case at all. And if you're in the same boat and if you're in grad school and you're just listening to this relating to the struggle, I'm right there with you. Um, I think something that's genuinely been very constructive and actually helpful is letting go of the things or letting go of like my control and the perfection of things that can be dealt with later, right? Like my schoolwork, right? Or like the the program in general, whether it's the reading or whether it's writing and my creative work, or if it's my job and tech sales, Um, Those are things that cannot wait, right? Those are things that have deadlines, whether, I mean, if it's work, right, you have a deadline, you have a manager to report to. If it's grad school, I think to me, honestly, grades don't matter as much anymore in grad school because I'm like, I'm done at this point and nobody really looks at your grades regardless. Nobody has ever looked at my resume and asked for my GPA. Like that's never really mattered. But I think it's more of a personal waste if you are like, I'm going to spend less time on this assignment, or I'm not going to get my work done for today because I need to clean the kitchen. Like, it's definitely learning to prioritize things, even though, honestly, you guys, having my apartment be dirty really does drive me up the wall. Like, as somebody who is an avid, you know, cleaning ASMR TikTok, like, watcher, and just, it's religious for me, honestly. It, it does drive me up the wall when I look into the bathtub and it's like, I can tell that it needs to be scrubbed, but I don't really have time for that because I have 45 minutes to get to class and review the reading before we like jump into discussion and I'm probably going to get called on, right? Like there are definitely weeks like that. And a lot of times in a month, it might even be two out of four weeks that are like that. And that can seem pretty overwhelming. But then thinking about it, it's like, do I really want to just go to class and not have anything to contribute or skip class? That is going to happen you know twice a week or really just n- not milk the value of also like the money and the time and effort that I'm putting into this program because like you know I want my apartment to be spotless you know what I mean like of course it's easier said than done and it's not really like that's the thought process that goes through my mind just so easily either but I think again like it's definitely taught me to prioritize things that matter and to really focus on the things that are actually going to forward my life in some way. Um, And also really teaching me to prioritize people, oddly enough, right? Like when you have a limited amount of free time and you have a limited amount of free energy and mental capacity to give to people, you really start to crunch down on who you're interacting with and what you're attending. And you know, who you're celebrating and what texts and calls you're going to make time for, who you're going to text back. I was somebody who used to always be on my phone and, you know, would probably respond to anything and was constantly posting. And that's definitely a part of my life that, you know, is not as active anymore. Um, I think one of the main like showcases of that is this podcast alone. That's something that's been difficult. And now that I finally feel like I'm actually settling into a routine with my work and school together after like six months, I'm like, okay, I can go back to doing this and doing it regularly and knowing that I can hold myself accountable for it. But a few months ago, that was definitely something that was stressing me out. And unfortunately, this had to be something that had to go on the back burner because I simply could not do it all. Um, and I think that's really important. It's just like sitting there and thinking to yourself, like, where do my priorities actually stand? And also how much energy am I giving other people where I could give myself? How much time am I taking away from myself or my own progress, whether it's mental, educational, career-wise, physical, going to the gym, right? Getting sleep, getting enough sleep, taking a bath instead of skipping a shower. Like what really matters to me? And I'm not saying that it's going to be the same for everybody. I'm not telling you to go take a bath instead of socializing with your friends. If you're an extrovert, right, you might need the latter more than a bath. And that's completely valid. And for me, as a recovering people pleaser, I would definitely be somebody who should probably take a bath instead of agreeing to social plans that I don't really care about on a weeknight when I also have like 400 pages to read and an 8 a.m. meeting in the morning, right? It just depends on, I think, who you are, but I think in general... I'm just, you know, to kind of bring everything full circle here. I do think that grad school has been truly beneficial for me, but it goes way beyond just the school aspect of it. You know, I think the structure that it's given me, the sense of purpose and the sense of personal motivation, um, especially because I think my field is a creative one, that has definitely made a huge difference for me in empowering me to add you know, my knowledge and the things that I've been educated on to my creative work, instead of just throwing words together and, you know, throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. Um, I feel like I can now approach my work from much more of just a knowledgeable, educated, and critical point of view. Um, And at the same time, you know, I've also experienced the frustration of having to submit something and feeling zero creative drive that whole week. This whole summer, I've actually been in a thesis class where every two weeks I need to submit like a whole packet of poems, at least 10 pages. And it has truly been a struggle. I'm not going to lie. There have been, I think pretty much almost every week, actually, I've emailed my thesis advisor being like, I can't get anything to come out of my brain. Whereas previously, it was way easier for me to write a poem a week for a workshop. Um, It definitely wasn't always easy, because regardless, it's kind of hard to be creative on demand. Um, but that's kind of the beauty of it. And I think actually because of thesis this summer, um, that has also contributed to me feeling more able and more ready to force myself to, you know, record a podcast every week, even on the weeks where I really don't feel like it, or when it's really going to be extra difficult for me to come up with something. And I think overall, you know, whether you're going into a creative field or whether it's business like an MBA or you know, you are getting a master's of public health or if it's dental, med school, whatever, even if you want to be a historian, I don't really care. I think regardless, if you're considering grad school, I think you should go for it. And I also think that you should definitely spend the time doing enough research on different programs and seeing what actually is going to work for you. There are countless amount of programs specific to your subject out there. I mean, unless you're studying something super, super niche, but I think even then, even like a creative writing program in poetry, which I mean, is somewhat niche, right? I definitely found way more options out there than I thought there were going to be. And I think it's definitely worth it to take that time to explore and to experiment and don't be afraid to reach out to people who are already in the program um if you can find them you know on the program's website or through like the cohort site or something like that i definitely think that it would be worth it to reach out to those people send them an email and ask about their day-to-day and what that looks like for them and what their struggles are i even asked somebody when i was applying i even asked about finances you know i was like i don't know if you're uncomfortable with this question and you know feel free to not answer it like personally but do you think that it's possible to work you know full time and go to grad school full time or do you feel like most people don't do that or do most people, you know, take on like a fellowship or a stipend, etc. And you know, this person told me that to her it was pretty doable, but she also knew people who were like I absolutely can't do that. And that again was, you know, an attest to just how personal the whole process is. So I think with that, I'll let you go. Um but I really enjoyed this conversation today. I I definitely, you know, kind of hesitated to actually record this podcast especially coming back in after so long I was like this is not the most exciting thing to talk about but I also feel like it's definitely something valuable and it's something that I'm passionate about and that's really also something that I'm trying to um develop more of just kind of trusting my gut and if I ever create anything whether it's a poem or a podcast episode for it to actually be something that comes from the heart and something that I actually care about and hopefully you guys also found some knowledge and some information in this podcast episode and it was actually useful to you. Um but yeah, I hope whatever journey you're on, you know, I hope you trust your gut and I hope that it works well for you and that you find some progress in it, you know. As long as you feel like your needles moving forward, if you will. I think that's really all that matters. Um I guess we can do a final cheers here to make up for you know, the last decade of me not being on here, um, this sparkling water drink has actually ended up being really good, you guys, I'm super into it, so, if you want, you should try it out, it's definitely, like, half juice, half sparkling water, though, so just a fair warning there, but, um, cheers to you guys, if you listen all the way here, I truly, really appreciate you, and, you know, I'm excited, if you listen to this whole thing, then you either, truly support and love me or you're really interested in grad school and the details of it or both. And either way, I love you for it. So uh, cheers to you for being here and listening and supporting. And I will see you guys next week with probably a very special episode because my 25th birthday is a week from today. So I'll be coming to you live from my quarter life crisis. And I hope you'll stay tuned for that. Cheers.